0: The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Kevin Stanfield and Claude Jennings, who are entirely responsible for its content. Sorry, guys, you are on your own. This is the Federal Football Report, a weekly wrap-up of all things burgundy and gold. The Federal Football Report on Federal News Radio. Here are your hosts, Kevin Stanfield and Claude Jennings.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, 2021 has already been a spectacular year for the Federal Football Report because not only once, but twice, we've got the great Julie Donaldson uh, on the program with us. Kevin, it's an honor to have her, right? Julie, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks. Good to see you guys again. Uh, Tis this season and uh, a lot of good, meaningful football in front of us. So uh, let's hope that this team finishes the year strong.
2: A hey, meaningful football in December. who the thunk mm-hmm. it? I, I love it. I love it. Listen, let's, let's touch on the game, uh, the Dallas game. Um, you know, it wasn't going too well for, for the good guys. And, you know, but I kept having this, this sense. I said, you know what? A couple of stops, a couple of scores, we're still in this thing. And then Cam Simmons makes a spectacular catch, and we get the Russian touchdown, the, the pick six uh, by Cole Holcomb. What are you thinking at that point after the pick six?
0: We have a chance. Uh, and, and I liked that. Look, I, we knew that it was a huge comeback and you spend a lot of energy when you get put yourself down so far early on in the game, That it's not easy to really make sure you come out with that extra energy, but you knew that the team needed something. I know that this team has it on defense, the ability to be able to turn the ball over to make something happen. And as Cole Holcomb said, like they had to make something happen. Uh, he was like shocked at kind of the ball came right to him. But when he returns out and in Washington scores, you realize, wait a second, there, there is some life here. I, you know, in what I liked about the team is they didn't quit. They stayed with it. They came out, ticked off. They played into the final second. I think the Cowboys were expecting them to kind of lay down uh, and kind of submit in this game. And they did not. Unfortunately, that first half was absolutely atrocious. There was nothing good about it for Washington. Um, but I did like that they held the Cowboys to just three points in the second half. And and showed a lot of heart and a lot of fight. So unfortunately, it was just a little bit too late.
1: You know, it's funny because you talk about heart, you talk about fight talk about not quitting we've seen that with the team most of the year and even and even last year but one thing that's been new in this uh uh, that that four game winning streak and even winning four out the last five it seems like the offensively they found an identity ground and pound run the ball Mm -hmm. and establish the running game first the thing that i'm most afraid of is that in this new age of having to pass the ball up and down the field all the time that they'll get too cute do you think that the team in this last four game stretch will stick to what is obviously working with running the ball. Even though Antonio Gibson fumbles, yes, I'm fine, but that's okay. I, I get it. We don't want to turn the ball over, but he's effective. Do you think that there's that, that there's going to be that stick to itness when it comes to the running game and fight the temptation to pass the ball all over the field?
0: Yeah, look, it's what allowed them to have success during that four-game winning streak. And even before that, they were close because they were controlling the clock with the run game. They were able to do what they wanted with the run game. And a lot of that, you have to attest to Antonio Gibson, the way that he's learned to really run the ball. He gets those extra yards. He's hard to take down. I think he had the league was like something of like the missed tackles was like at least 17 or so, which was one of the higher ups of the running backs of being able to, to break a tackle and keep going and get those few extra yards. He was really growing as a running back. The fumbles are A huge issue and a huge concern six fumbles four lost where he's losing them timely where he's losing them in the game has been very costly for this team and that's something they are going to have to address I know he said in Carolina he goes look he got benched nobody had to say anything to him he understood how detrimental it was to the team And in this one, I think we might have had even a little bit of different ball game had he not because they were able to convert off of that fumble that he had lost there. Um, It's a major issue, but they do need to stick with the run. Um, And you were able to see what they were to do with Williams in there, with Patterson in there. Hopefully we'll get J.D. McKissick back for the Eagles game, and that will help change things as well. Uh, but I do believe you have to stick to what you do well, be able to know that that opens up the pass for Taylor Heineke, for him to use his legs. Hopefully he's going to be okay. I think the knee should be fine. The elbow is definitely banged up. Um, but hopefully he will be fine. Nothing too major as they just rest him this week and get ready for Philadelphia. But you have to stick to what has worked for you. Um, so, yes, I do anticipate that they stay that way.
2: Yeah, I've been a, a huge fan of Cam Sims ever since mm-hmm. Alabama. Me too. Yeah. What else does this kid have to do? I mean, yeah. if you go back to last year—the fabulous diving, one-handed grab against Pittsburgh. He, he you know, he defies gravity today. He makes he he makes special teams plays. He always gives maximum effort. I, I, I mean, I'm I'm just a guy on the radio, but what else does this kid have to do? <laughs>
0: You know, I I chatted with him after the game, too. And I said, did you believe you were in? He goes, oh, yeah, facts. Uh, (laughs) I love that answer. He's like, facts. And I had Pierre Garcon on the show that um, the Washington football today, that airs on NBC sports, Washington, five 30 and 10 PM. And I said, how are the, how are receivers able to bring the ball in with the defenders all over him? He goes, you don't even see the defender in those moments. You are so keyed in and so locked in on the ball. You don't even see him." And we've heard that from Terry McLaurin as well. When he has some contested catches, he goes, I didn't even see the guy there. I just saw the ball and bring it in. Cam Sims has really stepped up when his number has been called. He's handled, I think, you know, being on, practice squad multiple times being called up being in the game plan not being in the game plan he makes the most of his moments when he's there he's a very mature player he's a big body a tough target um, to be able to take down once he does have the ball in his hands I like what he's been able to do. I like to be able to see them give him a little bit more chances. He was out there on the field, um, but they are spreading the ball around, and there's one ball. And when you're giving the ball around to seven, eight different receivers, and you also have the run game going, uh, there's only so many targets. But I do like what Cam's been able to do, and I do believe that we'll you know, see him again have more opportunities and making the most of them.
1: Mm. Absolutely. You talk about making the most of opportunities. I mean, I don't think anybody in the last year has made more opportunities than Taylor Heineke with, you mm-hmm. know, um, you know, at this time, he hasn't, he wasn't even in the league, you know, this time last year. Um, I felt as if that Tampa Bay game and and just being in the league before in, in Carolina, like, like, like earned him enough to, to to somewhat be trusted being the starting QB coming into this season, but they didn't, that's fine. It got Fitzpatrick, uh, but I think what he's done so far, at least, to me shows that that he's a guy you can at least short-term commit to. Do you think that he's earned – enough? he's done enough to earn on the field? It seems like with the players he certainly has. But with mm-hmm. the coaching staff and the organization, has he earned enough trust for the, the next two years away way they can relax on trying to find a quarterback? And number two, I think to me when I watch him, he reminds me of Tony Romo. I know nobody wants to hear that here in the DMV, but <laughs> he, he reminds me of Tony Romo. Like the reason they win some games is because of his grit. But then sometimes they may lose a game because, of, because he's trying to do something. But the way he plays, it just reminds me of, of, of Romo. Do you see any of that Romo stuff? And what do you think he's earned this season going into next season?
0: Well, I know they even asked Ken Zampezi, the quarterback coach, this last week um, in his press conference. And he said, look, like we're just zeroed in on this week right now. And, and that's going to be something that obviously the coaching staff will address uh, when the time does come. But, yeah, I do believe that he has um, wholeheartedly earned a spot to be here, to be on the stat- on, on the, uh, the team next season as well. Now, do they decide to go for a, a big arm and a big quarterback in the offseason? I think that they will, as Coach Ron Rivera, I guarantee you say, we will explore all of our options. Should somebody become available? We know they tried to go out there. Matt Stafford, the price was just way too high because this team does not believe in leveraging and giving away valuable keys of what they are building today just to bring in one player. And then they're now shorthanded and getting to where they really want to go. So they want to make sure that their team is built up. Their offense is functioning the way they want. And then at last second, you can plug in the quarterback as long as you have somebody that can manage the game, which is what Taylor Heineke can do. He can run their offense, do exactly what they want. Is he the quarterback of the future for, for Lord knows how long. I I, I don't know. I think we still need to see more from him on a consistency basis, but he has shown he has the flashes. He's got the guts. He's got the grit. Uh, the guys love playing for him. They love the confidence. He has not lost it himself. And he was ticked off after that last game, as he should have been, because it was probably the worst <laughs> game he's played. But he's still young. There's only his 12th start in the NFL. Uh, so, you know, and there's been so many interceptions where you're, we're sitting there thinking, like, oh my goodness, thank goodness the DBs drop those balls because there would be <laughs> so many more that would have been very timely, um, untimely in the game. But you like that he still gives his team chances. And right now, I believe he gives you the best chance. Although we did see Kyle Allen. We hadn't seen him in over a year. Um, we did see Kyle Allen come in and be able to run the offense as well. But I, I like what Taylor brings to this offense. And I like the attitude that he brings as well. He's just a cool cat. Yeah. Well,
1: speaking, well, well, speaking of attitude. Kevin, sorry. I'm sorry, Kevin. No, just, so if, I was just going to say so. Am I crazy about the Romo thing? Am I crazy you're crazy.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I I can't give any love to any Cowboys right now, especially okay. after they just beat us. So all
1: right, no okay, reason. all right, yeah. I'm sorry. To I'll
2: you. answer for you. Yeah, you're cr- you're crazy. Yeah, but but um, uh, speaking of grit, uh, the the injuries that this team has suffered over the past four weeks, I don't think that people really realize how decimated this team is right now because of the performance of the guys who have who have uh, replaced the starters. It's truly been a next man, a next man up scenario. Mm-hmm. It, going b- back to the days where we decided we needed to change the culture of this, is this a result of that culture change, the type of individuals that we have who, who are just waiting for their shot and, and really, uh, really mean to produce once they touch the field?
0: I know that there are opportunities where they've been able to have the chance to bring in some really high-caliber talent players but they said they don't believe that they would fit in culture-wise and they would disrupt the locker room. And therefore it becomes something where you take a step back and you're sacrificing that for one player's talent, which then you might not be able to see fully fulfilled if they don't fit in the right system the right way and be the right teammate. Um, So that is something that they've been very cautious of, of what kind of players are they bringing in? Who will make the most of their opportunities? And, And if you remember even, I think last year, Kyle Allen and Um, was saying how he was like the four-string quarterback. And Ron Rivera said, be ready because your chance will come. Well, he ended up having to play um, in Carolina. And that shows to the players that it doesn't matter what your name is, what your contract is, you're going to get your opportunities, so you better be ready. They preach that position flex. Um, Depth is so important. We know in the league for any team, we've seen some teams where their guys' starters go out and they struggle. Um, you know, even the Cowboys, when they didn't have their guys out there, they were struggling, but we saw what they were able to do in their full force because they had almost everybody back. Meanwhile, Washington went the other direction. It's crazy because I joke, I said, it's, it's not even just the next man up right now. It's like the next, next, and maybe even the next man up, <laughs> um, especially in that D-line. We know we're dealing with it, with the injuries, with COVID. The struggle's real out there. Problem is you can't get any excuses for it. You still go after out. You can play who you have and make the most of it. Um, but we have seen a lot of the right attitudes. DeAndre Carter, a perfect example as well. And he's been that guy who works out. And he told us on one of our podcasts, the Players Club, he said, do you know how hard it is to keep yourself ready for the NFL when it's a maybe? You're not even on a team. It's a maybe you can be in the practice squad. Maybe you'll have the opportunity to play. And somebody has to go down in front of you for you to get it and you to take the most of it. He said early on in his career, he wasn't prepared for that. He wasn't as ready as he should have been, but this time he was, and we're seeing him um, be able to that to pays off in the way that he's been the next man up as well.
1: The great Julie Donaldson. We've got we've got one more minute, one of respect the time. So I've got a couple Christmas rapid fire questions for you. All right. Penny. So do we go white lights or do we go color lights on the tree?
2: White,
0: classic. Okay. Okay. I <laughs> love
1: it.
2: Do we no hesitation? Do we,
1: right do we use gift wrap on boxes or do we just boxes it up or do you box something and then wrap it?
0: Oh, oh! You, you put it in a box and you wrap
1: it. Yeah. You get, that, this, this. Is what I'm talking. You have to. You have to do that. Okay. And yeah, yeah. So do you go? Do you go? Do you go? Uh, classic Christmas music, like <laughs> classic hits with the hymns, or do you like some of the new school stuff with like, you know, Kelly Clarkson stuff and Mariah Boys the Men. What's your Christmas? Uh,
0: well, I like to mix it in. Um, okay. I I do love the classics. I was even saying yesterday, my girlfriend and I were listening. I said, the voices just don't sound like Bing Crosby. I don't think we can ever sing like Bing Crosby anymore. You know, know, some of those old classic, I don't know what it is, Um, but I do love some Mariah Carey. um, You know, I, 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 yeah, I love some Backstreet Boys Christmas as well.
2: Well, look, uh, I um, will let you know that my group and I do the temptation Sound at night. I do the, uh, the, the low part. So whenever we're about to break that out, (laughs) I'll let you know. Listen, before we let you go, we got to ask you about the the three guys who are, entered the COVID protocol, uh, one of them being Jonathan Allen. Mm -hmm. First of all, let me say, I went through the NFL's COVID protocol procedure, and I gave up after the 45th uh, page. The NFL is serious about uh, health and safety, not only of the players, but anybody associated with it, so kudos to the NFL. Uh, Am am I correct? Uh, Since Jonathan Allen is vaccinated, it's possible that he could be, uh, he can come out of uh, COVID protocol uh, by Sunday. Is that right?
0: Correct. He would have to have a couple of negative tests and, and quite a few of the guys that even tested last uh, James Smith Williams and I think two hill are, are vaccinated as well. So they do have the opportunity. You have to have a couple of negative tests. I didn't get that far in the weeds of the 45 pages of COVID I just <laughs> know that we are under protocols. They're right. not messing around. They don't want us to forfeit. It's very costly when you don't have guys out there, as we saw losing our backup DNs, ahead of the, the Cowboys game. So we do hope that John Allen um, and all of them, first of all, are healthy and also can be out there for us. Especially
2: William Bradley King, because he was going to uh, fight all the Cowboys. I believe mm-hmm. he was the one, mm-hmm. the legal, a totally legal hit, but all of a sudden they took exception. So yeah, uh, you know, like you said, first and foremost, Bradley, we want everybody to be, <laughs> well, Julie, <laughs> we want everybody to be healthy.
1: Yeah. Julie, you're the best. And you know, like, like we said, last time we won the show, when you took over things, man, you know, a little over a year ago, um, we could just see the heart and the, and the passion for the team, for the city, for the sport. Follow what you do. You're awesome at what you do. You've got two great supporters here. We love everything that, that you've got going on there. And it, listen, folks, listen to the game day broadcast on the radio. You, it's like you're sitting down watching with friends and with fans of the game. And so thank you so much for everything that you bring. A lot of stuff you bring to the, to to the team we don't get to hear or see because a lot, you know, yeah. in the building, a lot behind the scenes. But thank you because I know it's hard work. So hopefully you get a chance to breathe a little bit uh, during the holiday season, which, no, because they got games and stuff. But mm-hmm. still, <laughs> wish you the best. And- I know my <laughs>
0: assistant goes, Are you taking time off during the holidays? I said, No, I can't. When the season's over, I will probably, you won't hear from me for maybe a month. We'll
1: see. Christmas <laughs> in early February. We'll, we'll see. Very we'll good. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Julie. Thanks, You're
2: guys. I best. appreciate it. Thank you, Julie. Ladies and gentlemen, the fabulous Julie Donaldson, Senior Vice President of Media and Content for the Washington football team. She's also part of the broadcast booth for the Washington football team, along with our friends Bram Weinstein and D'Angelo Hall. And most importantly... She's a friend of the Federal Football Report. Now, we're going to have this interview as a standalone episode of the podcast, but it will be part of the radio show on Federal News Network, 1500 AM, which will include the Dallas wrap-up and the preview of the Philly game. So be with us here on the Federal Football Report.